On today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, Pastor Neil preaches another message in the series, The Inconsistent Church. Today's message is from Sunday evening, March 4th, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. Lord, would you just remain standing, please? My favorite old song. What a beautiful song. What beautiful theology. Amen. We have a risen Savior today. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship. What a beautiful congregation. Has this morning service. And I knew someone would be out on vacation. I didn't know how the attendance would be, but look around. God is in the house. Amen. When people start showing up, God is in the house. Just remain standing if you have your Bibles. I want to go to Matthew 15. I hope this will be the conclusion of the series, The Inconsistent Church. I really want to begin a new series, and I want to focus around when John said, no man has ever spoke like this. I want to take the words of our Savior and walk us to Easter. How many of you know that he told us that he would be placed in a grave, but he also told us he would come out that grave, amen? Amen. We don't have to take the word of anybody else. Even There's many witnesses. Our, our, the words of our Savior is enough. We're going to begin to focus on that over the next few weeks. But tonight, I want to finish this series. And I'm not going to preach long, actually. But I've got something I want to share with you on how to be consistent. That our outward man will be consistent with our inward man. Amen. If there's inconsistency there, then we've got trouble in our lives, in our marriage, and in our faith. While you're standing also, let me mention again, next Sunday night, we'll be preaching, but also a water baptism service. I'm excited about this. Um, since I've been here, we've done this a few times. We try to do it every quarter. Um, most likely, we will do it again in April because I'm believing for many people to get saved on Easter Sunday. So I'm already planning that by faith. I want you to plan with me. But if you rededicate your life over the last month, two months, and you have not been baptized, if you've given your life to the Lord, uh, if you're a child, teenager, college, career, or 95, it doesn't matter. We want to baptize you in water next Sunday night. Amen? I love water baptism. How many love water baptism service? Amen? I want to put you on notice before I leave 100 years from now. I'm going to baptize somebody in one of these creeks around here. I don't know why. I just want to do that. That's like on my bucket list. It might be you, Anthony. I might baptize you in a creek. That's all right. Amen. Kind of like the Jordan River experience. I'm not from the mountains area. Amen. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Preacher, why would we go to a creek when we have a baptismal here? I don't know, but we're going to do it before it's over at least one time. Matthew 15, verse 1, please go with me. You look good tonight. Even Stephen looks good in God's house. Amen. Let's read. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Of all the things to have a conversation with the Son of God, we're going to argue about some tradition that does not matter, that's not even biblical. He answered and said to them, okay, I love our Savior here. Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? He was saying, your tradition has caused you to violate scripture. For God commanded saying, honor your father and mother. And he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. I want to tell you, even when I was a sinner, I still love my mom. Can somebody say amen? amen. 
Amen. Mom was my heart. Now, Daddy, we had to pray for, but I love my mother now. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me, I've given it to God. It is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your very own tradition. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw nigh to me, listen now, with their mouth and honor me with their lips inconsistent, but their heart is far from me. One more verse. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. That's what I want to preach in this last message that was meant for Sunday morning. But what a beautiful Sunday morning we had today, amen? amen? I wish you could have been up here and just see the glory and the joy that was manifested on believers. I look back there and I saw Brother Godwin worshiping. He's seen the glory all his life in the church of God. And I know it felt like fresh dew upon his brow. Then I also saw our teenagers and our young people worshiping in the Lord. See, when the glory shows up, no age is exempt of God's glory. Amen? Amen. And the joy that was in this house was beautiful. Amen. You may be seated. These flowers are beautiful. Amen? Miss Darlene brought those yesterday to us. Beautiful. I'm just going to move them just for a moment, okay? I don't want her to whoop me after church. Amen. They are beautiful. She does an outstanding job in this ministry. Amen. Amen. the inconsistent church. The third week of a series, that is my attempt to show you that we need a faithful, consistent walk that would place us in the presence of Almighty God that we might be used for his service. The first week I showed you how Paul confronts Peter on something that he should have known. That's mentioned in Matthew 15 and Acts chapter 10, but for whatever reason, he could not understand it. But how Paul confronts him because he was not eating with the Gentiles when those who came from James met him. His inconsistency was causing others to play the hypocrite role with him. And he was taking others with him. I don't believe his heart was far, uh, black or crooked, but I believe that there was a fear, scripture says, that caused him to go the way of the hypocrite. Last week, I showed you that how confrontation is always there when there's an inconsistent pattern in your life. Just stop paying your light bill this month. Don't pay it. Don't pay it next month. I tell you what, don't pay it the month after that. There will be a confrontation at your house when your wife comes home and she tries to cut the lights on so she can fix her makeup or do her hair. And she finds out that you took that money and been at the golf course with Kevin Gaskew. I promise there will be a confrontation in your house. Inconsistency always brings confrontation. But the difference in the flesh and the supernatural is that when the Holy Ghost convicts or confronts, that's not a bad thing. God chastised those that he loved. He confronts us in our inconsistent behavior. That's why there's good news for you tonight. You say, Brother Nolan, I've been a little up and down the last few years. I've got good news for you. You're one prayer away from walking in a consistent behavior that God can do some amazing things in your life. Tonight, I wanna to go to the words of our Savior. 
for the next 15 to 20 minutes, I want to show you that the ambition of our Lord is to have our heart and our conduct match each other. It's not enough to have an outward appearance. This is not for the outside world because they're not trying to be religious or holy. But since I have been in the church, there's always that fabric in the church that has this ambition. If I can just convince those outside or inside the church and outside the church to look at me, look at my tradition, look what I do to honor God, look what I pay, look what I wear. Now listen to me, I believe in modesty. I believe in presenting yourself well before the Lord. I'm, I'm probably dressed a little old school compared to a lot of young preachers. Whatever your style is, that doesn't matter. But I'm telling you something tonight. You can never try to convince the world what's not in your heart. Sooner or later, your heart will always tell on you. You know the ones I'm talking about. Sometimes they can shout the loudest and then they'll stay out of church three months. I will never understand that. If you can shout so loud that you love God and everybody can see you shout, then I shouldn't have to beg you to come to church next Sunday. It's the truth. I felt that. Wow. Already. Psalms 19 and 14 said this. Let the words of my mouth. If you were raised Baptist, you know the scripture. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let my mouth and my heart equal each other in your eyes, Lord. Tonight, I want to preach a consistent message, a consistent doctrine that will cause you to walk in a consistent behavior. Because I want you to understand something tonight. You can have a dress all the way down to your toes. You can cover up every part of your body and still be on, the, on your way to hell. Hello? You can wear makeup like you look like Mickey Mouse or not have no makeup on whatsoever. That does not matter as far as your heart conduct. Now, I will stand for you and your conviction. But you've got to understand your heart and your outward man must equal each other. Let me show you. The background is very simple. Jesus is doing the work that he was sent to do. This man from Galilee is turning the religious world upside down. He's healing the blind. He's healing the lame. He's doing the work that would call the cities. Listen to me. He would go out to, a, to the desert and they would leave the city. They would go where the word. It, it reminds me of the North Wahala Church of God. People are still amazed when I invite them up here that this church fills up on Sunday morning. These are good people. You are good people and we serve an almighty God and we preach the word. See, when the word is preached and people live according to the word and they worship Jehovah God, people will come out of the cities to go to a back alley. When our God was doing the work, people would go to where he was at. He would leave the country, cross the river and go into the city and he would empty out the rural side. Why? Because they were hungry for the word of almighty God. John saw him coming and said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. They would prophesy about him. Angels ordained his birth. Everything was set up to show us this was God in human flesh come to this world to turn it upside down and die for our sins. Everybody was excited who believed him, but those that believed him not did not receive him. And the greatest attack on his ministry was not from the outside world, but it was from the religious right. It was those who thought that they knew God and knew his ways and knew the Talmud and knew all the traditions. They had every tradition they thought down path, but they did not detect or discern when God showed up in human flesh. 
I don't care how religious you are. If you can't discern a moving of the Holy Spirit or reject that or discern God is here, then something is wrong in the inward man. So what they do is very simple. Ashley, if you come help me, please. So they show up. When they show up, Anthony, this is what happens. They're looking for a way to catch him. It's good to have you back too, brother. You look good in church. He just had surgery. I didn't see you there. Amen. They see Jesus and Jesus is there. And all of a sudden, he's sitting around the table. I believe there was joy around that table. At my house, the Nolan house, when we eat in society, I don't know how you guys eat. I see, see, I see your family like this. I think your house is quiet. I don't know why. You have girls, three girls. At my house, though, it is crazy. You understand what I'm saying? In the Nolan, it's laughter. My uncles are going to come in. My nephew's going to come in. But there's joy. I believe that that's how the Lord was. I believe there was joy always around our Lord. When, when life shows up, death leaves. When light shows up, darkness flees. I don't believe our Lord was always somber like this. I believe he brought joy. They didn't like it. They've got to do away with him. So they're searching for a sin in his life. And in Matthew 15, they think that our Lord is inconsistent and they think that they caught him in sin. Now this is what happened. They had a tradition. They had many traditions. They had all kinds of traditions. Tradition after tradition after tradition that they couldn't even live up to themselves. But this is what happened. I want to show you both sides. When they would go eat, they would have to wash their hands. They had this crazy belief, history tells us, even at night, if they didn't wash their hands, little devils would come sit on their hands, demons. And if they put food in their mouth, then they were digesting these devils. Sounds kind of crazy. Amen? I'm sure some of you have ate somebody's cooking that you thought was devil, but that's not what I'm talking about tonight. My wife cooks great, by the way. Let me throw that in there. So what they would do is it was very symbolic. Everything was for show. Be careful with people who only won't show. Those who want to show up in the church and be the five-star general, but they pray like they just signed up in the army. You know the ones I'm talking about. Nobody here tonight, those that stayed on, but those who never want to help. Those who always have the solution, but they won't help you in the solution. Hello? Some of our grannies sitting here tonight, they may not be the loudest, but you watch what happens if we have to take up an offer tonight for somebody. They'll be the widows and the grannies that's been here for 30 years. They'll be digging in their pocketbook because they believe in the pastor, they believe in the church, and they believe in the mission of the church. You won't know it. It won't be on Facebook. It won't be on, uh, on TV. You won't see it on Fox News. You won't see it on CNN. Just little widows, grannies in our church who serve this church faithfully that are digging there and say, God, if nobody sees me do it, you told me don't let my left hand know what my right hand's doing, but God, you see up in heaven. Ah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Forgot the towel, brother. Amen. That's okay. <laughs> what happened was this, though. They would take their hands and it was for ceremony. They would show up, show everybody my hands. You see my hands. You see my hands. And then what they would do is they would wash their hands, and not just anyway. I couldn't let the water get past my wrist. It would have to drip down. So what they would do is they would wash their hands in a ceremonial way. This had to be done. This is showing my holiness. This is showing my righteousness. Oh, that's good. And what they would do then, they would take this and they would never touch the wrist. And then they would hold up their hands like this to let everybody know, look at me. I'm clean. 
I'm clean. I'm holy. You can sit down for a moment. Just stay right here. I'm holy. Look at me. I'm better than Anthony. Anthony doesn't wash his hands. He's dirty and filthy. Look at Charles. You know he doesn't wash his hands. He's from the low country. He's from a place that I won't even call. He's, you know he doesn't wash his hands. But look at me. I am clean. I am holy. Thank you. I am holy. Look at me tonight. Look at my hands. I am pure. And Jesus says, you didn't wash your hands. You're not the son of God. You are a sinner. We rebuke you. We cast you out. We send you to hell. Get out of here. You're not the savior. And I'm going to go back to my religious position. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to coast because you're not the Messiah. I'm going to keep my money. I'm going to keep my job. I'm going to keep people from God. But it's okay because I've got a job in the church. And then Jesus says, oh, really? And he says, I didn't come to... I didn't come to fulfill your tradition that you placed in the Talmud, but let me tell you about your life. I may have violated your tradition. Some traditions are great. We have great traditions, but traditions can never override the word of God. The fifth commandment says what? To honor your father and your mother. Let me tell you how holy, come back one more time. Let me tell you about how holy these hand washers are. Let's wash my hands. I'm real holy tonight. I feel holy. I want to show my wife how holy I am. See, I'm so holy. I'm washing my hands. Look how, look how holy I am. But I forgot to tell you because I love money more than I love anything else. My mama needs us to be in assisted living. My mother needs assistance. I'm talking about Matthew 15 here, but I don't want to give give money to my mom because I'm holy. So I gotta, I gotta find a way, Anthony. I gotta find a way. Ashley, I gotta find a way. I know what I do. I'll find me a crooked preacher. There's one right there. His name is Mike Terramano. I'm gonna find me a crooked preacher. <laughs> Sorry. You're on the front row. That's right, Anna. That's right. I'm going to find me a crooked preacher. And I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give all my money to God. And he's going to praise me for it. He's going to tell me how good I am. I would give some to my mama. But hey, she's just my mama. What does she do for me? Besides have me, raise me, feed me, clothe me, take me to church. But who cares? I love my money. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give all my money to the church. Amen? No, that's not a good thing. But I'm going to give all my money to the church. And I'm going to work out this deal with him. And he's going to give me some back. And then when my mama's in need, I know she needs food, but I'm holy. I've just washed my hands. And when my mama needs clothes, I'd, I would give you clothes, mama. But I just washed my hands. I'm sorry. I would give you my money, but this money belongs to God. It's dedicated to God. How can we give God's money to our parents? And they thought they had a system, but there shows up a man from Galilee who did not come with the religious backing of man, but came as a breath out of heaven and showed up and began to tear their playhouse down. He didn't start in the bar room or the back alley. He started in the religious church and let them know that your outward man looks good and your hands are clean, but your heart is far from me. Can we give God praise tonight? The outward man screamed holiness, but the inward man screamed filthiness. It's not much of a man that won't take care of his own family. Come on now. If you're in a bind, we'll help you. But I shouldn't have to beg you to take care of your parents nor your children. Maybe that's a Southern thing, I don't know, but it sounds like a biblical thing in Matthew 15. But they had to appease their conscience, what gets me. 
They have worked out a system and their outward man screamed holiness, but inside they were wolves. And Jesus says, you're worried about my hands and I'm worried about your heart. Church tonight, I want the outward man to be clean. I think that we should be presentable. Listen to me. I'm not the young preacher that has an alcohol shirt on just so I can be cool. I don't think that's godly. I don't think it's appropriate. Hello? I know it's old school, but it's all right. You can't get up and walk out on that. I think I should present myself well. However, no matter what I do on the outside, I still have to set boundaries that I'm not bound by pornography. And I still have to set boundaries that I'm not stealing from my family and I'm not stealing from God. I have to set boundaries that I don't become a hireling. I have to stay consistent in my prayer life so I won't be cast out. I don't want to hear the Lord say, Isaac, you won many to me, but I don't know you anymore. Get away from me. I want to be consistent and be found faithful. Let me go a little deeper. This system now is exposed. Verse 7 and 9. He says to them, ye hypocrites. He doesn't play games. I'm almost done, stay with me. He says, you hypocrites, this is direct preaching. This is not seeker friendly preaching. This is not seeker sensitive preaching. And the problem that I have today, I'll be honest with you, I understand to the center about being somewhat sensitive, but I'm just worried about how sensitive I have to be to preachers and leaders who know better. Okay, he's quiet. I missed this tonight. Amen. He said, you hypocrites. The word hypocrite means to be a play actor. That means when the lights come on, you know how to play the part. Tonight at my house, I promise you, two things will happen. Today, Aiden has thought he's Mike Trout. Mike Trout is his favorite baseball player. He wants to wear number 27. He'll get out there, swing his hips like this. I think he's just trying to be pretty. I don't know, but he'll do that. He wants to be Mike Trout. He'll come in and say, Daddy, I hit like Mike Trout. Now, Ashton could care less. He may grow in the ball later on. Ashton Ashton wants to be John Wayne. Tonight, he'll be in his underwear, his cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, a cowboy belt, and two pistols. And before I go to bed tonight, he wants to be John Wayne or Matt Dillon. And he will say this, you better get ready to draw, partner. I see him. My, my wife's here. I'm telling the truth. He'll say, I'm James Arness, better known as Matt Dillon. And he wants to draw. He's got an old soul. I, just go with it. That's all I know. And he's going to draw. I don't care. In Wahala, he is pretending to be something that he idolizes. That's okay for him. That's good. He's a child. I'd rather him be John Wayne than be other things today. I, 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 I feel good as a dad. But let me tell you something. That's fine for a two-year-old, but not a 32-year-old. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Let me ask you tonight, as a church, don't we need consistent behavior that we don't have to be a play actors anymore? Oh, come on, let's give y'all praise tonight. Help me out, please. He's quoting from Isaiah 29 and 13. He's letting them know with their mouth they honor me, but their heart is far from me. They're playing actors. Think about this tonight. We put a tree house up in the back of the parsonage. You want to come over, Darlene and Jerry, they need marriage counseling. So they set up an appointment to come over with marriage counseling. They're from Salem. They need some help. You understand what I'm saying? So they come by the house. 
But back there, there's this playhouse, and I'm up there with my buddies. I, there's Isaac, me and Isaac passed away. We up, I, us three are up there. We this little playhouse just playing. The difference between us three and three of our kids is a major difference. For them, they're children. They should play make-believe. That's what children do. But for us grown men, playtime is over. Mr. Rogers should be cut off. Hello? I can't stay home all day and watch Burnt and Ernie not get a job. Playtime is over. I'm coming to tell somebody in church tonight, playtime is over. God wants consistency in our life. Well, brother, don't I've got some traditions that I hold on to. That's good. But don't let your traditions take you to hell. Are you holding on to the word of God? Wash your hands all you want to. But how much your mother down the street? <laughs> He presses it, verse eight, these people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honoring their lips, but their heart is far from me. The Lord reveals their inconsistency on many levels. These religious leaders were confused, yes, but more than confused, they were wrong. They knew better. They were trying to be what they were not and accusing our Lord of sin because he didn't wash his hands. And our Lord lets them know there's no sin on me. The sin is on you. Verse nine, he said, but in vain they do worship me. Tonight, I don't want us to go through the motions and be so inconsistent, inconsistent in our walk that all of this is in vain. Sunday night is a tradition in our church, it seems. But just coming to church on Sunday night is not enough. It's not. Having a choir is a tradition in our church. I love it. I'm not trying to do away with it. Don't, don't go with that. I want the choir. But just because we fight for a choir in our church, we've got to have a choir. We've got to have a choir. Well, praise God for that tradition. But let me ask you about your life. Does your inward man fight for the holy things like your outward man fights for tradition? If some people would get more upset about people not being saved as they do because they didn't get two Christmas fruit bags, we might have revival. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking to you, the ones who stayed home. Remember, it's the truth. I've seen people get upset over tradition. This is my pew. Bless God, I, I put this pew here. You see that screw right there? It came from my house. So what? Fight for your children. Fight for the lost. Fight for every culture in this county that needs Jesus Christ. Fight for the faith. Paul said there, excuse me, Jews said, contend for the faith. Not for our traditions. Let me hurry. Verse 10 picks up this, the last part. Jesus starts off this physical illustration. He said, not that which go in the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth a man. He was letting these religious people know the food you put in your body doesn't make you a sinner or make you clean. Hello? It might make you fat, but it's not going to make you unholy. <laughs> this is not about calories and food allergies. This is not about physical fitness. This is about balance and moderation. Eating can make you sick, but it will not make you a sinner unless you just keep on eating. Hello? Being skinny or being a beast, really there, unless it's gluttony, has not to do with the spiritual climate. What they were trying to cause our Lord to be a sinner for, they missed it. And the disciples were appalled by this. They didn't understand. Not only does Jesus rebuke them, but he begins to tear down every system that they have set up. 
How else were they going to show the world that we are the religious leaders? I don't know. How about loving each other? I'm holy. I'm holy. Because I only wear slacks in the pulpit, so I'm holy. Or could it be like the Maggie Wells of our community that we're working right now in our outreach program to find a way to feed, to bless, and give an offering to a little girl who's in Cincinnati. Brother Nolan, we don't want to defile ourselves now. Let's not get crazy with this. Some of these teenagers are out here living in sin. We don't want to defile our temple. Well, we defiled it with our arrogance a long time ago, if that's our attitude. Oh, and Jesus begins to tear it down. Eat shrimp, eat steak, I don't care. He says to them, that's not what's gonna happen. The disciple says this, Master, do you not know you've made everybody mad? I love that, oh, I love that. He says, they came to him and they said, we can't even go back to church anymore. You'd have made the preachers, religious people, everybody is mad at you. And you know what? Jesus was bad. Y'all listen to this. He's so bad. He doesn't say, oh my goodness, I'm so afraid they might vote me out tomorrow. They didn't vote him in. They can't vote him out. <laughs> oh, really? You mean that crooked religious priest, rabbi, preacher, Pentecostal preacher that's having an affair right now who's robbing the church. You talk about that one. So I'm supposed to stop doing the, doing the work of my father so I can make sure that everybody in the church family has their kingdom and they're living in sin, but we can't touch them. Listen, let me tell you. I, mean, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me very clear. If it's Aiden, I will always love him. I will always back him. But I will tell you this though. I've got to be dead enough and I hope I can keep this. I want to say that up front. I've got to be dead enough to look him in the eye and say, son, I love you. And I'm always going to keep the altar open. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. And not cover up his sin just because I'm trying to keep my look. We've been so worried about how we look. We forgot about how God looks and what God thinks. We've been so worried about worried about who's going to get mad. And we have offended God a long time ago. I'm telling you that God wants consistency with our inward man and also our outward man. He says in verse 13, every plant which my heavenly father have not planted, I'm going to dig it up. I met with Brother Eddie before church. Dino's gonna have surgery tomorrow. I said, this week, we're spraying the grass, we're getting ready for Easter, but I want you to get the stuff that, I'm gonna kill every weed around here. I don't know what it is about Wahala dirt, but you can grow anything in Wahala, South Carolina, amen? You can, you can grow tomatoes this big, it seems like, amen? I said, I wanna kill every weed. I don't like weeds. And Jesus is saying, I don't like weeds in the faith. And he said, everything that's not of my father, I'm going to start plucking it up. Dig it up. I'm going to dig it up. You can wear a robe, a cross, you can have a Bible, you can say you're Pentecostal, you can have a Church of God softball shirt, you can have a bumper sticker with a fish. I've seen some of the most meanest people in the world have softball shirts and fishes on their cars and Church of God emblems on their car. Are you listening tonight? We look good, don't we? Got the I Believe South Carolina tag right there. We look good. We got to just right. Cars clean coming to church. But he says it's the inward man that counts. 
I'm going to pluck it up. Every old toxic weed of man-made religion, I am going to pull it up. And he says, as far as the disciples, he says, listen to me, don't worry about them. Because if the blind leadeth the blind, shall not they both fall into the ditch. This was not a rebuke. This was revelation. It was revolutionary to the church. Tonight, as I close, I want to put spiritual application to this. I want you to understand it's not the food. It was not the ceremony cleansing. Verse 17 said, do not yet you understand that whatsoever enter to the mouth, go into the belly. And watch this great theology. I won't interpret the scripture. I'll leave this for the Lord. It goes in the body and is cast out. Everybody on the same page? But verse 18 says this, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. It's not what goes in the body for us food that defiles me. It's what comes out of me. Because what flows out this way comes from this thing right here. And Proverbs said, keep thy heart with all diligence cause out of it flows every issue of life. You've got a rage problem, you've got a heart problem. Now you can put a new suit on, my brother, but you still got a heart problem. What the old country farmer say? You can put lipstick on a pig, but what? It's still a pig. How long have we done that? This is not new habits. This is not new ways. This is total revelation of a transformation that says, I do want clean hands, but I also have to have a clean heart. And if I have clean hands, because I'm consistent because of a clean heart, then I can stand in the holy hill of the Lord and be accepted by Almighty God. Would you stand with me tonight, please? We need consistency in the body of Christ. This past week, I guess I'm a little tight with money, I don't know. But my bride's air conditioner went out in her car. It's been out for about three months. But we had a very cold winter. So I put it off because I didn't want to spend the money. But somehow, some way, it got about 83 degrees last week. My beautiful bride walks into my home on 415 Deep Road and she lets me know that the air conditioner will be fixed this week. Took it down there. They thought there was a disconnect between, between the hand, between the knob. Something was wrong there. It looked like it was the knob. That's what it looked like. As Brad began to work on it, my wife and her, she's a great driver, but somehow she hit a rock and a rock bounced up, hit the condenser, put a hole in the condenser. It was leaking. Nobody could see it though. It wasn't too, he got in there, began to pull things back and push it away and said, that's it right there. We thought it was what we could see, Rory, but it wasn't. It, that was fine. But as Brad began to dig in it, it was that little cut where that rock had hit. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do tonight. He's trying to push everything back. It's not the knob. The knobs are fine. The knobs will do what it's designed to do if everything is hooked up properly. So we've got to dig a little deeper. We've got to find that consistency. I'm going to tell you, there's people at this church today, this morning, that if they don't get consistent in their walk, they're going to suffer loss. I know what I know. I've already confided in one of our leaders. I know, I know of a situation. 
they don't get consistency in their walk, they're gonna suffer loss. See, because we invite things and then we convince ourselves like these religious leaders, he can't be Christ, he didn't wash his hands. Oh, my friend, that water that you're pouring on your hands, he not only made that water, he is the living water. But Brother Nolan, if I don't check this, what will happen? Verse 19 and 20, this is it. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Do you read that? When we let these things go unchecked and we convince ourselves that we're holy by because of this or that or what I do or what I drive, what you don't realize, we open up ourselves to every other type sin. All these young people shooting each other. Is it a gun problem? Is it not a gun problem? I'm not gonna touch politics. I'm not gonna touch it, but I want you to hear me. To every sin, it always goes back to one thing. It's a heart problem. And when it's left unchecked and it's inconsistent, when it's inconsistent, he says it opens up everything. Adulteries, murders, fornications, thieves, false witnesses, blasphemies. All that happens there when we're inconsistent. We need consistency in the body of Christ. Brother Lord, you're preaching an impossible perfection. Oh, no, no, no. No, you'll never be perfect. But the difference is when you stumble, you know not to fake it but to run to an altar, run to your prayer closet. Call your accountability partner. I have an accountability partner. I call them, I'm struggling with this thought, I'm struggling with this situation. It, it, it's not the covering up and then rebuking those who are trying to live holy. Can somebody say amen tonight? I want our praise team to come back. Can our praise team to come back, please? I want to sing a little bit tonight. Can we do Here I Am to Worship? Can we do that? Is that okay tonight, Brother Danny? Come on tonight, praise team, come on. Amen. I love our singers. We have some great singers, don't we? Amen. 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 Here's what I want to do. I want us as a church to say, God, we're going to do our best to be a consistent church. That way that this community knows that we love God. We love his word. We're a Pentecostal church and we love people. We love missions. We love sowing and giving emissions. We love outreach. We love kids, but we also love our seniors. This community shouldn't have to guess who we are. We should live in such a consistent behavior that they know you count on the North Wahala Church of God. You count on them. They're not perfect. There's a few people like Pastor Nolan you gotta pray for, but it's a good church. There's a consistent people that show up every week because they love God and love people, amen? Amen. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want you to get an accountability partner, somebody that will come with you to the altar. I just want you to come stand. I want you to present your bodies and your life, as Romans 12 and 1 says, as a living sacrifice. And I just want to pray a prayer over you that we will live a consistent walk, not just clean hands, but also a clean heart. The outward man and the inward man must be consistent. Would you step out tonight, please? Come, come with your spouse. Come with a friend. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come with a parent. What a beautiful sight tonight. Yeah. I saw Sister Collins back there with both her hands up just worshiping the Lord with the ladies. Then I saw young people up here. 
That's what we're talking about. Sold out. Listen, we don't want you to be performers. I tell our leadership all the time, I don't want you to perform. Performers will tire out. And sooner or later, you'll try to convince everybody if you're performing. But sooner or later, you will forget that somebody's watching and they'll see who you really are. Performers always fail in the church. But if you are who you say you are, and you just want to be a child of the King, who walks humbly in the power of His might, you'll be okay. Amen? That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing tonight. Clean hands, but also a clean heart that's consistent. Amen? Amen. Look to your neighbor, tell them they look good in church tonight. Amen? Amen.